Stinging waves, fox spear, lock is action, very weird. Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, black alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. He's a bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fuck is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Data's cat, Kempex cat, Q has had enough of that, beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. It is Monday, July 24th. It is 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We are live right now. You can let your fingers do the walking and call Track Talking at 646-668-2433 if you'd like to join in the fun. And we have lots of fun to talk about. This is kind of turned into our annual San Diego Comic-Con breaking Star Trek news show. And uh, Charles and I get together and do this every year. And uh, this year is no exception, except this year we're being joined by a very special guest. So before we go too far, let me go around and introduce you guys to my awesome truck experts for tonight. We'll start off with, of course, the aforementioned Charles. How you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing all right. I think all the storms are passing to the east of us, but we're finally getting it one day out of uh, t- out of one ten. They well, threaten us with a couple more days of it. I'm hoping we just don't get them. And maybe we can stick well, with the way 109 until it eventually gets back us down to 105, and we can stick with our 105s till summer ends. Well, we'll we'll take whatever we can get up up here in Vermont as long as it's not snow. So there you have that. And we're being joined by a special guest tonight. And uh, usually, uh, the shoe is on the other foot. Usually, he's our special guest, and we're we're interviewing him or or uh, debuting a new video or a new book or maybe we're checking in with Chekhov. But tonight, tonight he's just the plain old the Andy Bray, and he's here with us as a Star Trek fan to Trek talk with us. How you doing tonight, Andy? I'm doing great. That's right. Today I just have my nerd hat on today. I'm just here to geek out with you guys about the mind-sploding news that came out of out of Comic-Con. I just, ah, uh, there is so much to talk about. I can't wait to get into it. We, we do. We have, we have a lot. Um, before we, we dive in, though, we're going to talk about Discovery. Uh, we're going to talk about Lower Decks. Oh, we're going to talk about Strange New World. We're going to talk about the animation celebration, the 50th um, anniversary of Star Trek, the animated series, a show that a lot of people forget about. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight because there's something special going on for the 50th anniversary of that. But before we get too far, because one of the things that came out of San Diego Comic-Con is 
for those of you who, who don't know, they dropped the Star Trek Lower Decks Strange New Worlds crossover episode on us on Saturday. And before the podcast, before we went live, I was talking with Charles about that. And, and because they did that, it's going to throw off our broadcast schedule because this Thursday we're going to talk about Lost in Transition, which was last week's episode. And then the following Thursday we're going to talk about those old scientists, which was the episode dropped on Saturday. And that will put us behind for, for the remaining episodes because I feel that Wait, uh, you mean Paramount Plus didn't check in with you guys first and make sure you, you were in on the, the scheduling? No. They no, they didn't. Outrage on your behalf. I'm outraged that they didn't do that. I know. Well, they're going to be getting that away. Like the that. By dropping the episode. <laughs> Wasn't that like <laughs> They'll be hearing from I, my I, lawyer. I remember just scrolling through uh, social media on Saturday, just, you know, trying to get all the news pouring in. And just, wait a second. Hold on. Wait. We're getting that episode today? I thought I was going to have to wait until Thursday. I was so stoked to be able to watch that episode Saturday night. Uh, it's a shame you guys can't talk about it for another two weeks. I don't know how they're, they're dropping Wednesday or Thursday. They're dropping another new episode on us under the cloak of war. So uh, I'm glad they did that. I like that they scooched the whole schedule up. They're not. They're not just skipping a Thursday. No. So. Because they're doing that, it's just going to kick our schedule up a little bit. But because uh, the reaction to those old scientists has been such so phenomenal, and our Facebook fans just absolutely love that episode. I think it might be, it might end up being the highest rated episode. Well, I haven't tallied it up yet, but uh, it's going to be high yeah. nines. It's looking like it was uh, a good so, episode. I guess we're not going to really talk good. about it. But it was really good. Nope. It was such a love letter to the fans. And I know that it they've talked awesome. about doing an episode like this before in the past. Um, again, I don't want to say too much for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Go and see it if you haven't. But you guys ever hear about they, – they talked a long time ago about – I think Ron Moore once pitched an idea for an episode where they were going to return to the gangster planet from TOS. But yeah. instead of being gangster yep. aficionados, aficionados, they were going to be – Basically, Star Trek fans, like obsessed with Star Trek because Kirk and his Star Trek crew came and saved their lives. And 100 years later in TNG's era, they would be wearing Kirk and Spock uniforms, fake Spock ears, and it'd be like beaming down to a a Star Trek convention. Uh, And the powers that be decided that that was a little too meta, which I don't even think was a term back then, and they didn't do it. Star Trek Prodigy, however, did something very similar with their – they're, I think, almost very similar setup. You know, a planet that had been influenced by the original crew, or a QS, you know, the old scientist era crew, and uh, they they modeled themselves after it. And and without saying anything about the Strange New Worlds crossover, it felt like that to me. It's a different setup, so I haven't spoiled anything for anyone who hasn't seen it. But it felt like that kind of love letter to the fans, not just to Star Trek and a fun crossover. But a love letter to people like us who just geek out and obsess over this stuff and, and over these shows and over these actors and, and these heroes of ours. And I yeah, told the Jim one thing- that – I told Jim, it's like I'm hoping maybe that episode will get a few fans going like, 
wait a minute, that's what Lower Decks is? Wait a minute, let me go back and go watch some Lower Deck, too. Yeah, yeah, because Lower Deck is like a celebration of Star Trek fandom, like every episode. Every episode of Lower Decks is like celebrating Star Trek, and and, and just Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just sugar and candy for Star Trek fans because of all the references and all the just mm-hmm. endearing love by people who clearly get Star Trek. And so, yeah, maybe maybe some Strange New World fans who haven't seen Lower Decks and why on earth haven't anyone seen Lower Decks, but maybe they'll decide to give it a, a try now. I hope they do because I think exactly. if they haven't, they're missing out on the quality show. I just I just wanted to say without – we're going to talk about this a lot when we when – we, get to the episode, not this Thursday, but next Thursday. But I just want to say that I think Jonathan Frakes hit a home run with this one again. And Hell yeah. One, one of the things that really impressed me about this episode was just how much Boimler and Mariner in, in real live action were just seamlessly made that transition. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, I mean, Mariner was Mariner. Boimler even had um, had all the Boimler mannerisms that the the animated character has on the show, and right down to the purple yeah. hair and everything. And yeah. and you know, it was perfect. It was perfect. So, and it was such a collab. From what I understand, watching the the uh, Ready Room Will Wheaton After Trek show, it was such a collaboration too between the Strange New Worlds people uh, and the Lower Decks people. And of course, uh, uh, Jack Quaid and, and Toddy Newsom—they know their characters so well, and, and Jonathan Frakes understands Star Trek so well. I mean, it was just all levels. And then the writers—kudos to the writers, pay them their fair share. Kudos to the actor, pay them their fair share. It, yeah. it, they just all nailed it, and knocked it out of the park. It, it was, and, and if you guys haven't seen it, we're talking about it so much. You, you need to go and check it out. If you're not a Lower Decks fan, you need to check this episode out. And if, if you're Even a Lower if you're Decks not a fan, strange you're not a Strange fan, New World fan, you still got to You don't have to be it, up on any of those shows, and you will still enjoy it. Yeah. Yes. I, the one thing I was telling Charles before the show uh, that I, I really enjoyed is that uh, – Boimler and Mariner are like like you and I would be if we went to the Enterprise. You know, yeah, absolutely. They were like <laughs> even if it wasn't the real Enterprise, if we just went onto the set, those amazing Strange New World sets, I think I'd be touching everything just like them. Exactly. <laughs> like, is that a Series Twenty Three FR tricorder? <laughs> and he's touching everything, and I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> I would be doing that too. That would be me. So. You know, and there's so uh, many just, things too. People have to watch it. I think more than once. Just like, uh, Riker. It is just so much fun stuff hidden in it. And uh, you, y'all really need to do yourselves a, a solid and watch this episode. It's just so much fun. And I love, I love to again without saying anything. Uh, I love how fearless Strange New World is. They're the writers, the producers, and just. They are not afraid to go all in on stuff. And and I, I don't want to say more than that, but I, I could see mm-hmm. in the past maybe some shows being a little afraid of, of you know, not doing something out of, you know, not, not crossing out of their lanes. Or, you know, we can't do this, we're this kind of show. And, and this show has just been, season one, season two, has just been fearless. 
and, and this episode is another example of that. They've just not been afraid. They embrace the fun of Star Trek, and I love it. Yeah, that's that's a perfect way because when I, while I was watching it, I'm watching, I'm looking at it through Boimler's eyes, and I'm seeing everything the same way he is seeing it. It's like if I was there, I'd be like, oh my God, you're yeah. really Captain Pike. I mean, that would be me. And so I, I can't stress enough. Please go and watch this episode. Sit back and enjoy it. It's it's a lot of mm-hmm. fun, and it's well worth watching. Yeah. So um, I don't want to talk about it too much for people that think it's going to be on this week and haven't checked out Paramount Plus yet. So uh, please go and check it out. So yeah. the first thing that I have on the schedule to talk about tonight is Discovery Season 5, the final season of Discovery. And at San Diego Comic-Con, Paramount revealed an action-packed CP clip from the upcoming final season of Star Trek Discovery uh, during their Star Trek Universe presentation. Uh, the new clip features Sonequa Martin-Green, obviously, as Captain Burm, and Season 5's newest cast members, Calum Keith Renee as Rainer, Elias Tufix as Locke, and Eve Harlow as Ball. Uh, the series will conclude uh, with its upcoming fifth season early in 2024. So this is this is an extended clip. We saw a a one minute version of this particular clip uh, way back when Discovery was supposed to be on, but this is a five minute clip, believe it or not. Uh, and this is the full clip, and I'm going to play it for you guys right now if you didn't see it. So sit back and enjoy this sneak peek to Star Trek Discovery final season, season five. Let's talk. Fine. You want to talk? We'll talk. Let us go, and no one gets scuttered. Hand it over first. It doesn't have to end badly for you. It won't. Tracking them now, Captain. Give us a moment to lock on to you. Wait. No, Saru, I got it. I see them. Activate suit magnetization. Are you all right? Surprisingly, I'm not dead yet. Focus on our team. I'll try to take out their engines. So you can come pick me up and we can get back whatever was in that vault. This is not what I expected when the night started. Whoever you are up there, identify yourself. This is Captain Rayner of the USS Atari. I see you started without me. <laughs> but we needed some excitement. Thank you for the assist. How close are you to taking out their engines? 
I just need a few minutes. Well, we're not letting them go, so you do what you need to do. Warning, war bubble stability is 70%. Come on, come on. 50%. That was fast. The war bubble's collapsing, Captain. This could be torn apart. You have to release your tractor beam. I'm not letting them go, Captain. Then reverse engines and pull them out of war. If I had a pathway drive, maybe. But we're still making do with burn tech out here. The ship can't take much more. And I would rather not die out here. I've got a saxophone lesson to get to. My engineering team's on it. We'll figure it out in time. Glad one of us is confident. War bubble stability at 32%. I've dealt with these two before. If they get away, we won't track them down anytime soon. This is the roof. We are on our way to get you, Captain. Commander mm -hmm. Sawushkin and Reese are being examined in sickbay. Commander Detmer, take us in as close as you can. Aye, Mr. Saru. Lieutenant Gallo, prepare to beam the captain to safety the moment she is free of the warp bubble. Aye, Mr. Saru. Hang on. Lieutenant Nair, report. Structural integrity is holding us through. Dr. Kovach, perhaps you'd be more comfortable in the ready room? I'll be perfectly comfortable when you've completed your mission. As you wish. Captain Rayner, if the ship gets ripped apart when the war bubble collapses, then the entire will be destroyed, too. That's why they're pushing this. They're counting on me backing off. Warning. War failure imminent. Get out, get safe, I've got this. No, no, you don't. You made this personal. Every mission's personal. It's called doing my job. And don't preach at me. I've heard plenty of stories about you. Captain, you must exit the bubble for us to get a lock on you. Uh, let them go, Rainer. We can track their warp signature. Let them go before you and your crew are out of options. Come on. Uh, damn it. Releasing tractor beam. Mrs. Saru! We're locking on to you now, Captain. Obviously, it's an audio clip, so it's, you know, hard to see the visuals, but basically what was going on in that particular scene is we have Michael Burnham riding on the hull of another starship inside of their shield, um, I don't know what you call it, uh, not bubble, but uh, their shield skin. Remember, on, on Discovery and Strange New Worlds, the ships don't have a bubble around them like they used to on TNG, but they have like a second skin that's a shield around them. And she was actually walking on the hull between the hull and the shield. And she was trying to disable their engines with her phaser. Another starship comes overhead and tractor beams the ship that she's on. That's what was going on. So the, the visuals are just are stunning. And then the Discovery 
just swoops in underneath the other starship and and rescues Michael Burnham at the last minute. It was a it's it's a stunning uh, visual. If you guys haven't seen it, it's incredible, and uh, I'm really looking forward to Discovery season five. Um, what do you guys think? Did you guys like the clip? Oh yeah, definitely. I loved it. <laughs> Thrilling. <laughs> yeah, I it, it, I would not uh, um, that Discovery likes to 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 jump. Uh, uh, they're not afraid to to explore different, uh, um, I guess, vibes or energies is probably the best way to describe it. You know, from the the darker, uh, dramatic Klingon War of season one to the optimistic Pike-infused season two to the the frontier cowboy season three to the the science-centric, uh, intelligence-centric. Uh, season four, and now this one just looks like action-packed adventure, kind of similar to season three. The the their frontier first time in the thirty-second century, just just fun uh, uh, action adventure, uh, exciting Star Trek. Absolutely, I think the tone was, of this season is going to be different. I was surprised to seeing that long of a clip. That's longer than even Ready Room gets. But they really yeah, appear like to be yeah. giving us they're giving us an extra long clip action scene and they let us know from beginning to end how it went. So they're yeah, giving us a real good dose. Yeah, when when uh, before Star Trek Into Darkness came out, I think I think it was with in front of a Mission Impossible movie or some other movie. They was Darknet Rise, I don't remember. But they they if you went to the IMAX screening of the movie in question, they showed the entire volcano sequence of Into Darkness as like a, a kind of a, a taste of the movie. More than a trailer, you know, it was the entire from the, the volcano, running from the exploding volcano on uh, Nibiru um, to the, on the ship to what would Spock do if he was in your place, he'd let you die. And, and then I cut there as like a, a tease taste of, of the movie. And they did a similar, similar thing for, uh, I think, both The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. They showed the, the beginning Joker bank heist, and they showed the, the Bane airplane heist from Dark Knight Rises. It, and it felt a lot like that, kind of. More than a yeah. teaser, they're giving you like the beginning of an episode, like well, getting you into just the energy of it. San Diego, use San Diego on those conventions usually give us episode give us teasers like you see like the lower decks teaser where you see little mini clips of the entire se- or bits of the I shouldn't say entire season usually a lot of those clips are from the first 3 or 4 episodes yeah but instead of getting clips from 3 or 4 episodes we're actually getting an entire scene so Which have we gotten a, a teaser yet for season five of Discovery? I don't remember whether we did or not. I know it feels we like it's got, been in production we forever. Well, not we yet. Had the, we had the no. We I think we had a clip version, but then when they decided to to end Discovery with season five, they went back into production. 
Yeah, they, they were reshoots. they were they were on final they were on final production and went back and reshot scenes, including one of the scenes that I've heard is that Book wasn't supposed to be in season five. Well, they brought him back with the recut so that we can get a fin- we can get a finish with him. That's yeah. right. Uh, that's absolutely correct, Charles. At Trek Long Island, uh, uh, he he said it's he can't he said it without telling us that uh, he wasn't he wasn't hired on to be in the fifth season. And when they decided to end it, they had to renegotiate with him to get him to come back because his contract was over to film some scenes. And he didn't go into what they were or how much. But you're absolutely right. Book will be yeah. in it, but originally he wasn't. Okay. It'd be a shame if he just so, something disappeared after season four. Well, well because we were he, he was in prison. He went to the prison planet. Yeah. But my yeah. my my thing but is that closure, uh, this is going to be the first time Star Trek Discovery is going to be only ten episodes instead of fifteen. Um, so uh, they're going to have to turn on the heat quicker and move the story along a lot quicker than what, what they're used to doing if the, to get the whole arc into 10 episodes versus. So I'm going to be interested yeah, to see how. Yeah, I feel like we'll see a, a bigger trailer, maybe a more season-spanning trailer probably on Star Trek Day. And I also have a feeling that this is going to, this final season is going to be taking the Star Trek Picard January, February time slot. If I had to yeah, guess. Pro- yeah. yeah, probably. Well, I've, I've already got a prediction list. If we start on September 7th for Lower Decks, we'll finish November 9th. So they don't do seem all to of like September, all of October. Yeah, and they don't seem to like to put programming over December. So I, I think they'll probably stop it there and, and then pick it back up in January, February with Discovery. Yeah. Well, but the one nice thing about not putting stuff in December is because there are so many different programs and so many thing, different things going on in December. Yeah, and people travel. People travel because even network shows would often pause through most of December so those blocks would be left open for a rerun. Oh, yeah, I vaguely remember that from the special. ancient long, long ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The before time, before pre, streaming. The, the, the pre streaming era. The long, long ago. Yeah. So, uh, another thing that we need, we talked about this a little bit at the top of the show, and that was Lower Deck. So, uh, Paramount revealed the official trailer for season four of its hit original animated comedy series, Star Trek Lower Deck. It was also announced at San Diego Comic Con that the highly anticipated fourth season will premiere with not one, but two episodes on Thursday, September 7th. That's right. Thursday, September 7th, you will get a double header of Star Trek Lower Deck, so mark your calendar. New Season 4 uh, teaser art was revealed as well. The design is an homage to Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. In Season 4 of Star Trek Lower Deck, an unknown force is destroying starships 
and threatening galactic peace. Luckily, the crew of the USS Cerritos isn't important enough for stuff like that. Instead, Ensign Mariner Boimler Tendy Rutherford and provisional Ensign Talyn, you guys might remember her as the Vulcan that got assigned at the end of last season, are keeping up with their Starfleet duties, avoiding malevolent computers and getting stuck in a couple's cave, all while, inter- all while encountering new and classic aliens along the way. That's the setup for season four, and of course, I have the clip for you. At the edge of the universe. Starfleet intercepted a distress call. Command thinks could be related to the recent attack. At the brink of destruction. Ah! The attacks have all been non-Federation ships, but now someone's targeting Starfleet. They're sending the Cerritos? I guess we're finally getting some respect. Ah, uh, oh, oh, man, I have to start with holodeck waste removal. Blech. Your odor will be repulsive. These are the voyages of the crew of the Starship Cerritos. We're all such a good team. We finish each other. Dial Fantine Equation. <laughs> Don't get too used to this kind of work. Promotions are coming up, and I think you'll be very happy. Wait, really? As long as nothing goes sideways today. All part of the ambiance. On September 7th. Holy They will have one chance. We'll be friends no matter what our ranks are. That's an order. Yes, ma'am. To prove that they can be more. We've worked together for years. I trust you. Then simply... Lower deck. Lower deck. Nothing compared to, you know, that Pike thing we aren't supposed to talk about. A new season of Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh man, am I in the game? Move along home. Alamo Rain, count you mm. All right, so right off the bat, right off the bat, in classic Lower Deck style, they mentioned that Pike thing that we're not supposed to talk about, so, <laughs> which we already talked about. So, Andy, what did you think about the Lower Decks uh, Season 4 trailer? It's so funny. I love that they included that Deep Space Nine episode. Alan Marine, you know, the board game episode. <laughs> Fans seem to either love that episode or just hate that episode, or an, an odd mixture of both, like a love-hate relationship. So I can't wait to see what the Lower Decks crew, what Rutherford is, is doing playing that, that game. Yeah, that looks funny. <laughs> and, and that Pike thing that we're not supposed to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a fun, fun season. I, I, I love Lower Decks and I'm excited to, to see more of it. I love that they're still doing the, the, the movie themed posters. So you must be excited that they've already been renewed for season five and so are guaranteed a Final Frontier-themed Season 5 poster. I I was so excited when they did the the Star Trek V homages last season uh, with the the Go Climb a Rock shirt and the boots and and (laughs) El Capitan and all that stuff. I was like, I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. So uh, I'm really excited to see what they do with Star Trek V 
next season. I'm I'm really psyched <laughs> yeah. <like>, for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, how about you, Charles? Are you looking forward to Lower Deck season four? Oh, definitely. <clears throat> it may not be fully Lower Decks because, hey, we may get some lieutenants. And that's true. I'm I'm curious because they say the Pike thing. I wonder if that episode's going to get ref in the series where maybe temporal uh, the temporal occurrence group comes in and says they can't talk. Ooh, that would be fun <laughs> because we've got <laughs> they're we've not allowed to brag about in, it. Yeah, they've come into uh, Strange New Worlds and talked to Leon. I could see them doing the same thing for Strange to Lower Deck. And I could see Boimler and Mariner both wanting to brag about meeting Spock and meeting Uhura. And, and just, nope, exactly. can't talk about it. No, I'm not to talk about it. Got to yep. find a, a talk 24th about century exactly. NBA. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I'm really looking forward to it myself. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, it looks Especially like another after. stellar season, hilarious season. And Orion's – oh, and – According to the poster art, anyways, it looks like Jeffrey Combs' uh, robot, his his sentient evil AI computer, sentient AI uh, computer, might be back. If you look at the poster art, the very tip of the center building looks like Jeffrey Combs' uh, computer from was it last season or the season before? Yeah, I can't remember. You're right because he's in prison with Peanut Hamper. Yeah, so right? I think he yeah. might be uh, making a return appearance. That would be awesome. <laughs> yes, it so would. We, we talked a little bit about well, about the. Uh, go ahead, Charles. I was going to say, um, I'm looking at episode titles of Weeju, the. Uh, episode where we had the lower decks from the Cerritos, the Vulcans, and the Klingons. And yes, that was, that was uh, we, Dodge. Yeah, okay. That was uh, season two uh, season two episode. And we sat there and said, man, we could we really, I think they're going to get rid of that Vulcan. Man, she would make a good Lower Decks character. <laughs> and we got her. We got ourselves a Vulcan in Lower Decks. It would like, be fun oh, to see a, a Vulcan putting up with their nonsense and just how exactly. the Vulcan melds into their group. Exactly. I can't wait to see what they do with her. I think she's going to be a fun character. Yeah, she, she was great in that episode, too. Mm-hmm. So, basically, uh, another story I wanted to talk about, which we already talked about, but um, the highly anticipated Star Trek Strange New World and Lower Decks special crossover episode will be released on Saturday, July 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on Paramount Plus in the U.S. and all Paramount Plus international markets exclusively on the service with an early drop of Episode 7. The updated Star Trek Strange New World Season 2 
Global release schedule on Paramount Plus is as follows. Saturday, July 22nd, episode 207, Those Old Scientists, which we already saw. Thursday, July 27th, episode 208, Under the Cloak of War. Thursday, August 3rd, episode 209, Subspace Rhapsody. And Thursday, August 10th, episode 210, the season finale, uh, Hegemony. So that's what we have to look forward to, and I'm pretty sure that that's going to be a gorntastic, gorifying mm-hmm. episode. And I'm pretty sure that Mr. Chekhov is going to be watching that one very closely. So we'll, well he see is what very interested in the gorn, as we all know. Uh, yes, he definitely is. So um, we have something else to talk about as far as Strange New Worlds. We talked about the crossover episode, but a very special ninth episode of the season, uh, the rumored musical episode aptly titled Subspace Rhapsody, which it would be fantastic if they actually did a take on Bohemian Rhapsody. That might sway (laughs) me. Um, But... uh, this most certainly be one of those big swings of the season that the cast and crew have teased in past interviews. The special musical episode, Subspace Rhapsody, will feature 10 original songs plus a Subspace Rhapsody version of the series' main title with music and lyrics by Kay Hanley, Letters to Cleo, and Top Polis, Letters to Cleo, and My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And here it is, guys. The clip for Subspace Rhapsody. this is definitely worth talking about. I have to tell you right now, I, I do not like musicals. I am not a musical fan at all. The only musical that I'm a fan of is Grease, and that's because I had such a huge crush on Olivia Newton-John that I <laughs> had to go see her movie okay. and love Grease. So, <laughs> so, Jim, so, Jim, you're saying you did not like Willy Wonka? Uh-huh. Of of course I liked Willy Wonka. I was a kid. That's a that's musical. That 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 was a musical. The Loompa Loompas were constantly sing. 
and Wizard of Oz too. That's another one. Yeah. You know. But uh, you know, Sound of Music is an old classic. But uh, yeah, you see, know, I'm typically was, not someone who gravitates towards musicals either. But I do have a soft spot spot for for Disney musicals, and the Les Mis live action was terrific. And I did see Wicked and and Book of Mormon uh, uh, on tour. So I, I I probably in the past this maybe isn't something I could have imagined, but Again, I, I if any crew could do it, I trust the Strange New Worlds crew to do it. They they commit. They really commit to 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 everything they take on, uh, whether it be a, a cartoon crossover or whether it be dramatic episodes, funny episodes. I, I'm excited. There's apparently ten original songs. Uh, Including a, a rendition of the Strange New World theme, ba, 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 ba. and dancing red shirts. I mean, come on! I'm all there for it. And the poster art looks amazing. Looks like some sort of like 1960s uh, television, uh, uh, or not television, the movie musical. It looks so good. So I'm with you there. Jim, I, I don't normally gravitate towards musicals, but I mean, uh, I, I love Hamilton. I love Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. I love the original West Side Story. So I guess I've seen my fair share, and and if it's done well, I am all about it. I I'm definitely I'm going to watch it and give it a chance. Obviously, I mean, you know, my expectations for it are very low. So uh, I hope they can pull it off and dazzle me and impress me. Um, but, I, w- I mean, last year when they did uh, the Elysium Kingdom, I, I did not like that episode at all. I was very disappointed with that one. No, and I, I so, enjoyed that episode, really. Yeah, I, I just didn't, didn't care for that one at all, and I'm hoping that this one is better, you know. Um, this one feels like, from what I'm seeing, I mean, I, I did enjoy that that Elysium Kingdom episode, but this one feels like I don't know. I, I, not to say that that a musical has to just it doesn't it has to have like some sort of deeper meaning to it, but it feels like it's got a, a heart at the center of it about the crew and the family and and if I had to guess, I mean, I know there's going to be a device that that makes this work thematically, why they're all singing, just like, I've never seen it, but my wife is a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, fan, and they had a musical episode where some demon cast a spell in town, forced everyone to sing. Uh, so I imagine there'll be something like we saw like a blast. In the in the trailer, there's a, a blast, some sort of shockwave that goes through the ship, and maybe it's aliens who who are trying to get the crew to, if I had to guess, get the crew to admit their, their deepest feelings and emotions. And maybe the crew has a movie night, something that was set up in the, uh, the, the, the Lower Decks crossover episode. Maybe they watch a musical. Maybe these aliens see them watching a musical and see that in the musical, the people in the musical are expressing their feelings to each other through song. And they notice that the crew of the Strange New Worlds Enterprise is keeping things to themselves. Chapel is not talking about how she feels about Spock and her fear that he might go back to, he's experimenting with his human side and he might go back to the logical 
side. Uh, Spock is not expressing himself to her clearly. Uh, um, La'an is, is not expressing herself to Kirk, etc. The whole crew has their, their secrets that they're keeping, and maybe the aliens want them to communicate or feel like that they, they're not being honest for whatever reason, and, and force them to sing it out. That would be my guess. It might be something completely different, probably going to be something completely different, but uh, that, that would be my guess as to the, the mechanism that gets it going. And then it seems like it, it, it's a, really a heartfelt kind of the ship as a family, which I think really deep down is what every Star Trek is and what makes every Star Trek so amazing. What about you, Charlie? And, Are you a musical fan? Uh, as I was posting with the chat this morning, uh, our our regional theater, our local theater, uh, did Cinderella in June. In August, I am so looking forward to their rendition of Kinky Boots. Both are musicals. <laughs> I love a good theatrical musical. I don't mind the music. So I was, what was it? I was catching, oh, I was listening, somebody was playing some Disney music in the background. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, all these Disney, these Disney cartoons sound so much like a Broadway musical. I think one of them was Frozen. And the songs sounded Frozen, like they, could have been, they were coming right off the stage. As well, like, in the golden era of Disney, too, the 90s, and Little Mermaid and Aladdin. I mean, I don't mind. If, you, if it's done well, musicals can absolutely mm-hmm. be thrilling oh, and emotional. Oh, we go back even so to Snow good. White. Snow White yeah. and the Dwarves and, sing on their way to work. And I think even today, musicals are having a rebirth with, like you said, Frozen, Encanto is so good, Hamilton. Uh, there's... So many uh, great movies. Oh, uh, not, not Mulan. Mulan's great too, but uh, Moana, so good. Well, I was gonna say Hamilton. Hamilton is prime, prime Broadway, and Broadway's yeah. always got good musicals on there. Um, <sighs> Wicked. Wicked had a huge run because everybody so much loved that story. Even uh, even one that even one that came to mind recently was um, American Idiot, Mm -hmm. which was an actual Broadway show that all the music came from Green Day. Yeah, well, they say producer, and and and, uh, like I said, I saw Book of Mormon was fantastic. This one feels like it's going to be more heartfelt. like the, the crew as a family, then flat out hilarity, like, like uh, producers are Book of Mormon. But I think my, because I, I know this has been something fans have talked about for a while, probably since Buffy did it, is, you know, are we ever going to get a musical Star Trek? Uh, and I guess it depends on a few things. You know, one, if the cast is good at singing, I mean, Nimoy yeah. and Shatner <laughs> notoriously put out their own songs, whether or not they should have, uh, I guess that depends on your opinion. Uh, so, but nowadays, you know, a lot of casts are, are multi-talented, and, and this cast uh-huh. seems like they're more than capable of singing. And then my concern as a fan is always, can they make it believable, that not break the fourth wall, not make it feel like, well, hold on, that's not Captain Pike, that's Anson Mount singing. Uh, you know, can they, can they 
will the setup work in such a way that that we will suspend our disbelief and accept that our crew is singing songs? And exactly. I think if any cast could do it, Strange New Worlds can because look what they just did with the crossover episode, and you know, yeah, and and having an animated series with a completely different tempo, a completely different energy to it, a tone, and and blending flawlessly, blending with Strange New Worlds, and Strange New Worlds has taken on uh, broad comedy before. I think not every Star Trek cast kind of has a different comedy tone to it, and, and I forget yep. where I read this once. They they compared, and you guys, I want to hear your, your input on this, but TOS was very broad comedy when they did comedy. You know, think about the gangster episode. Uh, think about the, the, even the shore leave episode. And then they did comedy, it was broad. And, and TNG was not like that at all. They were more kind of Monty Python. The, the humor was in the, the dialogue or, or the situation, kind of almost nerd humor, but you know, obviously, for Star Trek fans, yeah. that's and DS9 was back to being broad. Voyager was kind of, when they did comedy, DS9, Voyager was more like TNG in tone. I don't know Enterprise really doing too many comedy episodes, but Strange New World seems to embrace the broader TOS comedy, and, and I'm there for it. Well, maybe, okay, look at how many- maybe we should do a... Uh- a musical truck talking episode, and we can all sing instead of talk. <laughs> I, I don't know if our viewers want okay. that. <laughs> well, have... Let's talk okay. about the last episode. It's my money, and I want it now. J.G. Wentworth, it's my money. <laughs> but, okay, T.O.S. You've got to sing it, Charles. Ah, not much in the the vocal. (laughs) But, okay, but Spock. Spock is our straight man. And McCoy is the one feeding the lines. How many lines did we, how many episodes we end up with McCoy making a a funny comment about Spock? Spock Spock would set it up and McCoy would dunk it down. Exactly. Like in Star Trek Four, I think McCoy had all the best lines. I mean, Spock set him up for some of the greatest lines. Charles, don't forget, don't forget the greatest of all. Mister Worf started off with "I am not a merry man," and let's make it a threesome. (laughs) Beheadings are on Wednesday. I made some chamomile (laughs) tea. Do you want sugar? I mean. You know, and we great Spock singing, by the way, in that short treks episode with uh, number one, um, Spock's first day on the Enterprise, and he's singing in the treble lift. So it's already we we got a teensy taste of it. And when Star Trek Insurrection, we had uh, Picard singing uh, and Data singing. Worf refused, but Picard and Data singing. Well. We have how many straight lines would Data give out, or lines Data would give out in the scene that would get the get the crew going. In fact, I, yeah. the stories the the story is that the uh, behind the scenes is that Brent Spiner was good at that. Brent Spiner was yeah. good at throwing the jokes out. But his character, take my wife, yeah. please. 
like, he would throw a lot of good comedy out there. It was more serious. But you still had Data bringing in the comedy. And Star Trek has always been so good about just fitting comfortably into whatever genre glove they feel like slipping on. If they want to do a mm-hmm. comedy, they've done it so well. A Western, not a problem. A horror episode, we've seen some really scary Star Trek episodes. Drama, yeah. action, and so why not a musical? Well, Lost in Translation, they said they were part of the basis. Was a little bit of horror in that episode, for that episode? Episode's creation. Yeah, I we can had see a, it. A, a Walking Dead uh, Hammer. Yeah. Well, I just, and, I just, and I want to say that as a not really not a musical fan, I, I really, I hope they can sway me, and I hope they do it, they do it right, and that that I thoroughly enjoy it. And when we do the review, I can say, yeah, this episode was the bomb. Um, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Um, uh, I at the very least, two more I things think I wanted to... it's what I, I just want to say real quick, yep, at right. the very least, it, it goes back to what I said earlier, is that they are not afraid to take chances on this show, and I just, I love it. Uh, everything they did on the, yeah. the most recent episode, the crossover episode, and now this, they're not afraid. They don't feel like they have to fit into a box, that they are a, a, yes. a cube fitting into a square, that they can do what they want, and they're not afraid. And and I think that's one of the things that makes the show so great. So exactly. Um, speaking of Strange New World and Lower Decks, uh, Tawny Newsom is going to be writing for Starfleet Academy. Did you guys hear about that? So uh, yes, I'm, yeah, Tawny Newsom said uh, that uh, she's going to be on the writing staff for Star Trek, uh, Starfleet Academy. And it's all thanks to the crossover episode with Strange New World and Lower Decks. Um, she credits her boss, Alex Kurtzman, because of the crossover episode. He called her on the phone after he saw the rough cup and asked her if she would write for the Strange New Now, of course, you've got to remember that this was like before the strike, all this uh, Strange New right. World, yeah. uh, you know, everything that, that you're seeing now on uh, – uh, ready room is like pre-strike, so this would have been a while ago. Yes. But uh, the fact that Connie Newsom is going to be writing for Starfleet Academy, I, I'm really psyched for that. I really want to see what she can bring to the table uh, based on what she brings to Mariner and what she brought to the crossover, which was live action. So I'm really psyched about that. Yeah, she seems like yep, she's got definitely. a good sense of yeah, of, of character, a good sense of humor, obviously. She, she was great at improvising uh, certain lines on the crossover episode. And she, she is a geek like us. And I think that when Star Trek is in the hands of people who love and get Star Trek, that that's when it really gets to thrive. It's not to say it hasn't thrived under people who aren't Star Trek fans, Nicholas Meyer, J.J. Abrams, Although his writers, JJ's writers, were all Star Trek fans, we, there are certainly instances of non-fans just nailing it. But I think current Trek is is proof that when you have people who just love the show as much as the fans writing for that show, that you are in a good spot. And and so I'm excited to have her writing for Starfleet Academy. And I'm excited to see Starfleet Academy. I, I want to see what that show is like—a a non-traditional, non 
Starship-based show, and, and I, I hope it's fantastic. I, I've loved all the recent new tracks, so I'm, I'm sure it will be fantastic. Kudos to Mr. Kurtzman for being the one at the top of the pyramid who's letting all these folks just take these these big swings and, and, and big chances. And the last thing that I wanted to talk about uh, here is uh, the original Star Trek, the animated series, got the focus with a multiple announcement set to honor the show's 50th anniversary. First, a new Star Trek, the animated theme comic tale from IDW Publishing is coming this September. Star Trek, the animated celebration presents the Schwimer Barrier, named after Lou Schwimer, the founder of Star Trek, the animated series animation studio, Filmation. It will be written by Casper Kelly. The comic will first arrive digitally in September with a physical printed copy available at the IDW publishing booth at New York City Comic Con in October. But wait, there's more. CBS Studios will also be producing a series of animated promotional spots to celebrate the show's golden anniversary, featuring characters from later Trek series in the animated style and art of TAS. Coming later in 2023, Jonathan Frakes will reprise Will Riker from The Next Generation. Armin Shimmerman will reprise Quark from Deep Space Nine. Doug Jones, Saru from Discovery, and reprising his role for the animated sequences, Neelix from Star Trek Voyager. And that, as they say, is that. That's all the news that's fit for print. And what do you guys think about the Star Trek animated 50th anniversary celebration? You looking forward to it? What do you think? I'm happy yeah. they're recognizing it. I'm happy yeah. the fact that they're actually recognizing the series. And I'm excited and to be getting time, some new, like, short yeah, treks. We haven't seen any short treks in a while. And this is, I know, not technically yeah. short treks, but it's going to be treks that are short, so kind of short treks. And I'm excited to see yeah. animated Riker, Neelix, and Saru. And well, I'm so used I to think. I'm so used to the most of the series getting their anniversaries done conventions. This is the first time where I think it hasn't been a Star Trek anniversary. It's actually a series anniversary. And it's actually being recognized internationally, not just conventions. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of thinking that the reason why Paramount is doing this, the way that they're able to get around the writer strike, is that the animated uh, shows don't fall under the same contract uh, that the Screen Actors Guild works under, Different. which is why Prodigy has been able to continue. And Lower Decks is able to continue because it's a different union. So, I, so union. I'm thinking that Riker, that these actors must be members of this other union in order to record their voices for an animated series, right? At the very least, I they're making they're allowed them to, to, do, to do these episodes. I think they're, I think they're allowed to yeah. do some voiceovers if it's dealing with series like animation. They right. can't do ADR but they can do it if it's for animation. Yeah. It's one loophole. And, you know, 
I, I'm a huge fan of Star Trek, the animated series. I remember watching it every Saturday as a kid. It kind of has that, that clunky, like, 70s, you know, <laughs> animation. It's it's not really, Almost really like good. Almost like Scooby-Doo episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But the actors, well, yeah, you had all the original actors, the original writers, and I, I enjoyed it as a kid. And I even yeah. today, it always if, felt you, if like you guys have never seen it, it, you've got to watch oh, yeah. Yesteryear. If you're not, if you've never seen Star Trek the Animated Series, and you want to check out one episode to see if you like it, yeah. watch Yesteryear, written by DC Fontana. That name should sound familiar to Star Trek fans. Watch mm-hmm. that episode, and if you enjoy it, there's three or four other ones that 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 are really really good that go along with Yesteryear. And they're all so short anyway. There's only like two seasons. You might as well just dive into TAS, those animated scientists. Yes. <laughs> yep. Exactly. They're only, what, I don't know, 18, 20 minutes long? They're short. Probably yeah, they about go 20 by so minutes. Yeah. yeah. A chance to see that so, crew in action again after the show had been canceled? Do it. Yeah. yeah and I'm, I'm glad that they're paying some, some uh, a tribute to Star Trek, the animated series, because when the, when the show went off the air, the animated series kept the fire burning. Uh, through the yeah. through the yes. really lean years of the seventies, you had the animated series. So, Andy, before we have to go, um, is there anything you're working on, or anything you want to let people know about? Uh, are you working on a musical short trek, or, or trek sketch, <laughs> for instance, or anything? Uh, I guess I'm going to have to do a, a musical uh, trek sketches now, which is really bad news for the audience because I cannot <laughs> sing whatsoever. But I do have I, I finished filming and am in neck deep in editing right now. I have a sketch coming out on September eighth, the day after Lower Decks comes back, and, and on Star Trek Day, I've got my lens flares sketch, my my Kelvin Universe sketch is finally coming out. This one has been in long gestation. I, I wrote it forever ago before my check off Christmas special and put it aside to do that and then got busy with school and life and moving and I finally got around to filming it and uh, I've finished my rough edit and I've, I've got about two months to kind of really polish it up and I'm excited to show it to everybody. You know, I had a thought. What we should have done is we should check with Jude because I'm sure that Paramount Plus cleared the schedule with him because he's such a big star now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, they would they would talk to him before they talk to me. He he's their big star. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanna I wanna say thank you so much, Andy, for hanging out and trek talking with us tonight. It's always great uh, when you take some time to My talk pleasure. with us. So thank you so much. And of course, I always thank have a blast. You to Charles, I love chatting. It, it, it's fun, it's especially when we don't have a script and we're just kind of winging it. You know? Yeah, it's just fun to do out. that every once in a while. Just kind of have some fun, other than some clips that we played. And, of course, thank you, Charles, for hanging out with, with me tonight and doing our what's become our traditional San Diego Comic-Con Star Trek show. Thank you so much, Charles. Well, it's our Quick Trek. This our is our, one, of, trek, one yeah. of our Quick Trek episodes. Where we sat yep. there and we got some Star Trek news and got to discuss it. Definitely right. making we, me more encouraged to be more Star Trek. And we we discussed yeah. it, and I want to let you guys know as I, I 
I said at the top of the show, Thursday night, we'll be talking about Lost in Translation, which was the Ahura episode from last week. Next Thursday, we'll be talking about those old scientists, which was the crossover episode which aired on Saturday. Because I think that that episode really deserves its own full hour show because I think we're going to have a lot to talk about when we cover that one. So if you're looking for our review on that, it'll be two weeks from now. And with that, guys, that wraps up the show. We're we're all done for tonight. And I just want to say Star Trek fans are the best fans. You guys better believe that. And please, everybody, stay safe and be good to each other. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Live long and prosper. Good night. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.